Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 132 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good brother, good friend, and our other host. That's right, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 132 of the DCAU Review. Yeah, excited to be here. We are continuing our month of Batman the Animated Series review, and... uh, Really, for the first time, though he's appeared in a few other episodes, this is really one of the first opportunities we've had to really focus in on one Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. the Penguin, in this week's episode, Birds of a Feather. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk about this one. If uh, if you did not listen to our episode last week with uh, best friend of the show, Monica Kubina, I don't know where you were, why you didn't, but make sure you go back <laughs> and check that out. Uh, we had a great time, but we, as we were wrapping up that episode, we alluded to this being, uh, really, it's one of those episodes that typically gets highly regarded and uh, certainly deals with some interesting themes that we'll begin discussing here in just a little bit, Liam. Um, I'm sure you have the IMDb synopsis, uh, the official one that is uh, ready to go here. Uh, Before we do, let's uh, remind our listeners at home, uh, we have our four categories that we'll be delving into just a moment here to uh, review. And this episode, Birds of a Feather, originally debuted on February 8th, 1993. That's right, Liam. Just a few days after you were born. This episode debuted on Fox Kids. So uh, let's talk about the episode and get our IMDb synopsis. Absolutely. And this is the synopsis for Birds of a Feather, which was written by Chuck Menville and Brand Stevens, directed by Frank Parr, with animation by the Dong Yang Animation Company, and music by Shirley Walker. And that synopsis reads as such. It's love for the penguin when socialite Veronica Vreeland I don't like this one. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Keep going. Keep going. We're going to power on through it. I apologize, folks. I'm just reading what's here. (laughs) (laughs) This is a first for this. In 132 episodes, I don't think we've ever had this happen. (laughs) I don't want to read this. All right. It's love for the penguin when socialite Veronica Vreeland hooks up with him, <laughs> but it's only an attempt to raise her social status. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. It was really tough to get through that one. Um, it's not a very good synopsis anyway. <laughs> so yeah, let's that just was- all... That was the worst, I'd say, out of all the all the ones we've done thus far. Poorly worded. I'll just say that. Yes. Um, so, yes, uh, let's as we jump into our plot here, we'll try to uh, explain it a bit better. Um, yeah. So we have this sort of this idea that the penguin is, I guess, 
he goes to jail, serves his time, gets out, commits more crimes. That's kind of the cycle we see him in at the start of the uh, of the episode. He's robbing a museum with Batman, and he has his two henchmen, who I believe we previously saw in uh, I've Got Batman in My Basement. Correct. Um, and uh, they're trying to steal some uh, some bird themed art. Of course, Batman shows up and stops him. <laughs> My personal favorite. Mm. Sorry about the intrusion, sir, but at least you've been ransacked by a man of impeccable taste. Games, huh, Penguin? You again and again and again. Then we cut to Penguin getting out of prison. However, how do they do they put up a time? How how much later this is supposed to be? It doesn't. No, it just it he he gets this. These, he's stealing these uh, bird-themed art and uh, gets captured in in what is one of few action scenes in the actual episode itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and no, that there's sort of this passage of time assumed based on the fact that there's a there's sort of a transition between his picture being taken and saying the penguin has been caged, and then the transition and that that same clipping is up in his uh, penitentiary cell. It. Uh, as he's been been selected to be let free so you have to figure it's been at least several months yeah you'd have to imagine so either way he he returns to society expecting a sort of a a warm welcome he's talking about how he wants a limo waiting for him instead he has to take public transportation uh, <laughs> and uh and then goes back to i guess his old uh, his old haunt expecting some sort of lavish celebration of his return but instead, he's alone in a dusty apartment, and uh, Batman shows up to just let him know that he'll be keeping an eye on him. I'd best prepare myself for the welcoming throngs. Well, fellow rogues, it's great to be back. If you're trying to surprise me, you're doing an excellent job. Say, who's there? Two-Face? Croc? Joker, old shoe? None of the above, Penguin. Oh, no, not you. Get used to it. Wherever you go, I'll be right behind you. Precisely where you belong. But you needn't bother. Haven't you heard? I've reformed. Paid my debt to society and all that. We'll see. I just came to tell you to keep your beak clean. As long as you're here, won't you stay for a cappuccino? Yeah, uh, it's sort of a, you know, I, I don't trust you. You're you're up to something. I'll be keeping an eye just to make sure that you stay on this straight, narrow path. And Penguin seems to, uh, seems to 
be at least committed from this point on. And he mentions so much to the guard on his way out of the penitentiary. And uh, he mentions to Batman that uh, this is this time for real. He's 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 on the straight and narrow. He's he's reformed and he's taking it very seriously. And Batman won't have that option to uh, to to put him back in prison again. Yeah, so that that kind of jumps. We jump to uh, Veronica Vreeland. This is, I believe, her first appearance, a uh, reoccurring uh, socialite friend of Bruce Wayne's, uh, who's lamenting how she's only she's only gotten like twenty four party invitations this month, and <laughs> how she feels like she's slipping from the the highest of high society. And so they, uh, she and her. What do you think this dude is supposed to be? I think uh, he's a Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. Pierce. I think he's supposed to be her butler. Like I I like okay. I I guess maybe he's a boyfriend. Maybe he's just a pal that she keeps around. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the intimate I mean, there's no intimation of any any sort of love interest. I don't think he's a love interest, and I think that's pretty clear that he's not a love interest. Right to her uh so i i don't know maybe maybe it's her maybe this is a progressive portrayal of a you know of a of a guy friend of hers that she likes to hang around with i i don't know i i don't okay. it's not clear yeah well, I mean, yeah so there's this, this guy pierce who's kind of always around and seems uh seems very invested i guess he's yeah, he's part of her on her entourage, although apparently she has an entourage of one because no one else is ever around. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yes, they're, so they are they're discussing he and Veronica are discussing how what a what a big moment it was when the, the Joker had crashed one of their friends parties uh, the previous year. And and uh, at the same time, they look in the newspaper and see that the penguin has been released. And so they sort of hatch this uh, scheme to uh to bring penguin into high society basically for the purpose of everyone being able to kind of point and laugh at this weird little man uh so that's that's basically our episode from there it's uh there there they go out for dinner she invites him to this this party uh while he's it seems that he's beginning to fall in love with her um and in fact even defends her from some uh some hoodlums that attempt to mug them um, and then, yeah, it's, he eventually overhears that she and her and uh, Pierce talking about it and snaps and kidnaps her and ties her to a chandelier, you know, tales all this time, as we like to say here. <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some courting that he does uh, in the meantime, and it's and it's sort of uh, laid out very clear that not only is Batman uh, not taking his reformed nature seriously but the rest of society of gotham also still sees him as this uh, villain or this you know this crook and he's eating with veronica out at a restaurant and some people uh, show up to the restaurant and uh, immediately ask to to leave decide they're not going to eat there because they see who's sitting at the table with veronica vreeland and uh, as you said there's sort of this conversation there's a there's a bit of uh, a warning that uh, Bruce Wayne sort of gives Veronica and Pierce once he kind of gets wind of what their scheme is. And uh, he lets them know that he feels like it could go awry. And, uh, and uh, wouldn't you know it, as you said, uh, as soon as Penguin overhears this conversation, and it's funny because Veronica also at one point, I believe said that uh, 
she felt like it could go in, in a in a poor direction, and Pierce seems to be egging her on. And oh, will you relax? You've done him a favor. But Pierce. You said it yourself. That fat bird would never get invited to a party like this. Not with those clothes, that waddle, those flippers. <laughs> Oswald! Did she mention my fine Roman nose? <laughs> Who was that? What happened? What's going on? Good heavens! Yes? Uh, well that once penguin finds out he captures her and takes her back to the scene of one of their dates which was uh, at the opera and uh, we have the final clash between uh, he he's holding Veronica there at the opera and Pierce is uh, is is told to bring a million dollars in ransom for her and Pierce shows up and he is captured and it turns out that uh, Penguin's plan at this point is to not only kill Veronica but also kill Pierce because Veronica is tied to this giant chandelier in the opera house <laughs> that's going to crash down and and kill Pierce, who is uh, who is sort of locked into the floor. Uh, so uh, Batman shows up, and uh, we we get the culmination of the fight, which is the Penguin on a giant mechanical dragon, <laughs> sure, while wearing uh, the helmet, the classic opera helmet with the horns, like Viking helmet mm-hmm. from which I believe is from the Barber of Seville, uh, if my Looney Tunes education <laughs> it goes correctly. Uh, so it's swinging around on that and it's breathing actual fire and uh, setting the opera house on fire. Batman must rescue Pierce from being crushed by the chandelier. And of course, uh, upon his attempted getaway, the penguin is foiled and sent back to prison. Uh, so yeah, uh, like you said, a, a tale as old as time. <laughs> Yeah, so the the undercurrent here, and it's there's a uh, it's been sort of made into several different plays and movies and uh, things. It's called uh, it's a I believe originally a French uh, story called Le Dinner des Cons. It's basically high society pick a schlub and bring him to a high society gathering to make fun of him. In America, uh, was... it was adapted with Paul Rudd and. Uh... Who else was in that? Steve Carell. Steve Carell. That's right. Paul Rudd and Steve Carell. It was bad. For, I remember that. Dinner for schmucks. Oh, it was awful. It was <laughs> awful. There's one. Yeah, there's one. One memorable line in the whole thing, and the rest of it is just gosh darn awful. So yeah, yeah. bad, bad, bad. But yes, yeah, so that's that's sort of our. Uh, there is a, to it to as ridiculous as the uh, story gets in kind of the third act. There is kind of a very classical nature to the uh, to the story and it is interesting to see penguin in this light because again we haven't really gotten to spend much time with him uh as a as a character we've seen him you know as the villain in a couple other episodes or appearing in an ensemble uh like in the strange secret of bruce wayne or almost got him just last week 
but this is really the first time where it's it we stay with penguin the whole time like we barely see batman in this episode yeah it's it's very so much I, a penguin episode it's very very penguin centric and it's made it's man it's one of those things we've talked about it before that there are different shades of batman villains uh in his rogues mm-hmm. gallery especially in the way that it was interpreted in the animated series, you have the Joker who is clearly just a maniacal diabolical human or that loves chaos and to cause mm-hmm. problems and uh, to commit crimes. And then you have some more thickly layered characters like Two-Face or Mr. Freeze, or, you know, uh, even the Riddler. Uh, some of those uh, characters who maybe their motivations uh, aren't, all that terrible when you look at them or when you think about them mm-hmm. is they've maybe been treated unjustly or unfairly by society. And this is sort of their reaction as opposed to maybe uh, reacting in a healthy way. Uh, they've chosen to, or they've thus reacted in a way that is slightly unhealthy and then sort of ends up being exasperated by a, a foil of some kind. This was very, very similar to me. Uh, to if you're not so smart or if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? And that really the bad guy in this isn't the penguin. The bad guy is Veronica Vreeland and Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's from, from every indication we are given, this is never, you know, the penguin is not plotting to rob Veronica or any of the other high society types that he meets in this episode. He is for all for for everything that we see. He is genuinely trying to make a new start of things, and yes, he still has his hatred for Batman. He still has this kind of ridiculously high opinion of himself, despite the fact that he's kind of a big goof, <laughs> which is actually really funny. Like this, yeah the 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 portrait that they paint of this guy who thinks of himself as this, you know, so holier than thou character, and yet he's eating raw fish with his hands and just like loudly trying to sing along at the opera. such you know this is such a such an over-the-top goofy goofy guy but yet he he thinks of himself in this light but at the heart of it in this episode it does appear that he was genuinely looking to make a fresh start and not return to crime and when he finds out that he's sort of been made made fun of or made the butt of the joke that's kind of when he snaps they there's a scene where they go out in the where he goes out on the balcony and he's he shows uh bruce wayne this bird uh golden brooch that he's going to give to veronica and he he mentions being in love and uh you know he says that near the end of the episode is that you know all it would have required was a little friendship like that's all i was 
that's all I was really looking for here. But then once he realizes that he's been made fun of, he like that, that criminal anger <laughs> comes back to him and he goes, well, now I have to get back at them in the most over the top, ridiculous way I can imagine because my reputation has been insulted now. And, and so I, I think it's really interesting kind of going on this roller coaster with, with this penguin character throughout this episode. Yeah. And it's almost as if his identity, he's trying this entire episode to change his identity. He's seen as this one thing he's seen as his mistake, which is its own commentary. I'm sure, I mean, is, is extremely relatable and commentary to anybody that goes through our criminal justice system here in the United States is mm-hmm. regardless of your crime. If that, if typically, and it affects based on certainly, and that, we're not going to get political, but based on socioeconomic <laughs> and race and all of that stuff, it, it may affect you in different ways, but you're sort of branded as this, uh, you know, outcast from society to the point where a lot of times it may feel like your only choice is to continue in that life because mm-hmm. no one else sees you as anything else. So imagine, imagine Penguin trying to change his, change his stripes, so to speak, and change how his reputation and change, uh, you know, his identity and people only keep seeing him as this criminal and uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman included in that, in those, those people. And just as Bruce sort of, seemingly i would say that moment that he has where penguin uh, shows him the brooch uh, it's funny bruce bruce introduces himself sort of in the scene asking if he's if penguin is looking at uh, at the vreeland uh, uh jewelry collection and uh and then he's quickly corrected by penguin who doesn't doesn't seem to bat an eyelash at the fact that bruce just accused him of stealing jewelry but uh you know is happy to correct him and bruce seems to be sort of pleasantly surprised that he is is sticking to this straight and narrow path so yeah it's it's very tragic in this this story it leads to a tragedy of course you know penguin deciding that he's going to get revenge is certainly where the story takes the wrong turn and where his Mm -hmm. his criminal actions uh go come into play and and certainly but it it's hard not to see it from his point of view as this guy who's just trying to do the right thing being pushed pushed further and further over the edge until it's finally like fine this is who i am yeah yeah it's a really it's a really interesting kind of character study on this guy and it's it's interesting because we never really get this in-depth look at him again he's kind of back to being your sort of typical uh batman villain in his his subsequent appearances so yeah it does it does appear that uh and obviously we know we have the benefit of foresight knowing that later on his character kind of takes a different direction in the uh the new batman adventures but yeah as far as him actually becoming a truly like stand-up member of society uh this this is kind of the last his last chance i guess and he, you know he he comes to that crossroads and when he realizes that he's been he's been lied to and and made fun of he he snaps and and kind of goes down the wrong path forevermore so it's yeah it's it's quite uh, it's quite 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 a melancholy story when you when you think about it in in those terms and it's uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting take on this character who, again, in this point, and I think in a lot of other versions of him, it doesn't really feel like a lot of people know what to do with the Penguin beyond right. the fact that he's just a guy with trick umbrellas and stuff. So to sort of see him as this guy who longs to 
be in high society and be accepted and is sort of constantly being ostracized and, and as you said, kind of perennially turned back to this life of crime. It's, it's a really interesting idea. And uh, it's, it's definitely comes out as I think one of the more unique stories that we have uh, reviewed to date. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so I guess we can get into our plot, our plot scores here since we've been talking about the plot. Uh, because of the unique way, I mean, we, we've talked about it a lot on each of these episodes that we cover where there's, it's more than just a straight up, uh, um, you know, bad guys robbing a, robbing a bank and Batman mm-hmm. has to solve the crime. There's layers to this. And uh, I believe in doing research here, uh, Mr. Menville, who uh, passed away before this episode, this is uh, the last episode. The last thing that he was a uh, piece that he wrote uh, and passed away before this episode was even uh, able to debut, but just a wonderfully written piece here. Uh, and certainly, like we said, the, you know, incorporating some of those, those other uh, that, that I believe they say, I also saw that that French, that French, you know, the dinner for schmucks or whatever, you know, the French, the original mm-hmm. French version of that came out even after this, or at some point was in, may have been in development at the same time. So it's interesting that maybe two different people had a similar idea for this, but uh, I think this is a, a really, really interesting episode. I really wish we had more episodes kind of delving into the penguin after this, it kind of, you know, it does, it kind of gives you that, Oh man, like we have the best benefit of the foresight to know that probably the next episode that we cover is blind as a bat where he's just kind of being (laughs) evil again you know um so with that it's a little bit of a disappointment that we don't get more of this but i really enjoyed certain aspects of this and certainly the the psychological side of things uh so i ended up giving this a very solid eight out of ten what about you yeah and i'm uh, i'm right in that same ballpark i went uh i went nine out of ten i think it's a a really strong story and again it's just so unique um one just to have an episode that so focuses on the villain but also to to focus on him like truly trying to change and and just be himself and and be an upstanding member and and the the cruelty of people around him sort of dragging him back down into crime is a is a really kind of fascinating way to look at this character absolutely i agree All right, well, let's move on to our next category, Liam, which will be visual and animation. Uh, So I didn't have a whole lot of animation (laughs) notes here. As I mentioned, I think we were going through plot. It's a little light on action based on the type of story that they decided to tell here. Certainly the final scene has some action, but there are some some notes that I had here uh, about a few visual items here. What about you? What did uh, let's talk about what your notes were first? Yeah, I, I also was a, a little bit light on him. I think there's um, what we see of Batman in this episode. He looks cool. He's he's pretty on model. Uh, Dong Yang doing the animation here and uh, Frank Parr, the director. Um, there's a, a really one of the one of the only I think one of the coolest visual nods is uh, when there's a scene later after Veronica has been kidnapped where uh, Pierce is in uh <laughs> Pierce is complaining to Commissioner Gordon, who really just just reads in the riot act. It's very satisfying because <laughs> because of the character that Pierce has been portrayed to be to this point in the episode. And well, it's been over twenty four hours. I assure you that every available man is on this case, Mister Chapman. It's times like these when I wonder why we pay you people. Listen here, you simpering little twit. You were foolish enough to invite the penguin. Now it's his party.
What is it? The ransom note. He wants one million from her trust. Petty cash, easily done. There's just one catch, Mr. Chapman. He wants you to make the drop. The, the drop? You see Batman sort of listening outside the window and he's sort of covered in shadow and his, his cape is flowing. Some nice hashtag cape movement there. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, so I, I enjoyed that scene and uh, I liked, we get a, a pretty big Batman returns nod that being yeah. when uh, Pierce falls down the manhole cover and lands in the giant inflatable duck uh, raft that carries him down the sewer uh, sewer lines. Um and uh, yeah, I think I, uh, other than that, other than that, that final uh, action beat at the opera and the sort of brief one at the beginning with the, uh, with the museum. Um, yeah. There, there isn't a ton of uh, a visual stuff to talk about this week. Nothing stood out to me as bad, but there isn't a lot of striking visuals the way we, we might be used to in an episode of Batman. Yeah. And, and I think it's the type of story that they were going for. And, um, you know, I, the couple, couple of interesting Easter egg type things. Um, I did notice that the, that the, uh, that the host at the, the restaurant where Veronica and Penguin have their dinner is the same host from or same waiter from the pretty poison episode that <laughs> harvey bullock uh, grills as to what he put in the dessert so um so some reused yeah. some reused models there you mentioned that the penguin henchmen were also reused from from i've got batman in my basement um i thought i had some notes about batman also i thought the, the shot at the gcpd where he's out on that ledge looked really great i thought the parting shot also as batman uh is sort of in the shadows watching watching the penguin walk away uh and be led away in handcuffs uh at the opera house uh it was a great shot also he sort of just he's standing there and he's in shadow and then he he walks into what i guess is uh one of the uh i guess it's just one of the exits from the from the opera house uh you know, perhaps one of the balconies or something like that. It was very, uh, a cool shot of him walking away uh, with a little music flourish there. Um, uh, other than that, yeah, I, I didn't have a whole lot other than the duck boat. Also, of course, uh, nod to the, the Tim Burton Batman returns. There was a weird shot of Jim Gordon without his glasses on. I thought that was, <laughs> that was weird. He's like looking through binoculars so he has his glasses up on his forehead and he's just got these beady little like Tintin eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Billy Bath is so nice. Yeah. I, I never, I never thought about that before. Like he, be, when he wears his glasses, he doesn't have the white, typically doesn't have the whites of his eyes. And then, and then when he takes his glasses off, he also doesn't have the, the whites of his eyes. It was a little, <laughs> little startling. Uh, I thought Bruce looked pretty on model. Uh, one of the, the better Bruce models that I've seen in, in a while. We don't get a lot of Bruce. Uh, we haven't had a lot of Bruce in the last couple episodes that we've reviewed. So that was, uh, that was, that was on point. And uh, yeah, other than that, I think the, the penguin flying around on a, on a fire breathing dragon was, is really the visual highlight of the entire episode. Uh, so speaking of that, do you think, did he rig this? <laughs> did, did he go through the painstaking process of putting a flamethrower in the mouth of the because there's no way at an opera there the dragon even if it was a flying dragon would have real working flames in it i was gonna say yeah, this wasn't like pyrotechnics this was a legitimate <laughs> flamethrower 
Uh, so yeah, I'm assuming he, uh, it's not, I get, again, we don't really know exactly. I think they say it's been like 24 hours. So I guess he got to work pretty quickly between kidnapping Veronica and rigging up this death trap for her and, uh, and Pierce. <laughs> so yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a fast worker and apparently he did it all by himself. Cause we don't see, uh, his henchmen return at the end here. So I think that's also part of the, the reason the third act, other than that sort of over the top uh, setting of it is that Batman ba- penguin has never once been set up in, in this series, at least as a physical threat to Batman, especially other than maybe if he has a machine gun in his umbrella. So they had to come up with like creative ways why Batman couldn't just walk up and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> so enter, enter a giant rigged uh, dragon with a flamethrower in its mouth. <laughs> I mean, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think that last sequence there is. Yeah. I, I think that last sequence there as, uh, as the, uh, as Batman's, you know, freeing Veronica and, and able to uh, to stop the uh, the chandelier from crushing Pierce and everything is it's pretty well done as he swings through, catches Penguin and then drops him and Penguin sort of loses his balance and very much mirroring the shot from the beginning of the episode lands with like the, the, the curtains falling on him and him again sort of, you know, slamming slamming his fists on the ground and, and everything. So we get our kind of nice full circle moment. Yeah, so like I said, there's nothing wrong with with the visuals in this episode, but I definitely think it's like the least the least visually interesting episode we've reviewed for a while. Uh, so I kind of just settled on a six out of ten. Uh, good, but nothing spectacular for me. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, I, I'm right there. I went uh, just a tick higher. I went seven out of ten. I think that dragon sequence at the end, and certainly with the tension building with Veronica tied to the chandelier and Pierce being shackled below i thought was i thought that that was uh was again it's the highlight and it's the most interesting part and and a good sequence overall uh so i just went a little tick a tick higher than that so all right liam uh let us begin our next category which is going to be music uh so of course i believe uh shirley walker did the music for this week yes that's right perfect the late great shirley walker so uh we mentioned last week if you didn't hear uh there was no penguin theme uh in almost got him but we get the triumphant return of the penguin theme here and uh it's played in several different ways uh there's your standard penguin penguin soundtrack sound and then there's sort of a more grandiose uh i wrote down a in, uh, anth- <laughs> anthemic uh, soundtrack version, almost like the score for a, a movie from the 1940s or something like that played uh, as he's sort of uh, wooing Veronica and taking her out <laughs> to dinner. It sort of plays in the background as if it were a, a, a movie soundtrack. Uh, and then it comes back later on, of course, as he's flying around on the, on the dragon as well and a little bit more devious frightening type soundtrack uh but uh yeah overall a lot of penguin soundtrack on this episode yeah i think that's uh that's definitely the standout part it's definitely what i had in my notes is just all the different variations on it we talk about that a lot with the the batman theme um and just last week we talked about the, the sort of the creativity of using the joker theme in, in unique ways so yeah the way they were able to kind of layer it in right from the start of the episode when they have the fight in the museum and it's sort of cutting back and forth between penguin running away you hear the penguin theme 
Batman swoops down, you hear some of the Batman theme kick in, and uh, that that showed up again, I think, in the third act as as sort of the tension ramps up. We start hearing the the the, uh, the Penguin's theme played in very over the top, uh, strong horns, and then it's as he's sort of being chased by Batman, it it gets a little more frantic and fast paced and. Yeah, they, they did some really, really creative stuff with uh, with that theme. And it is kind of, it becomes the main theme of the episode, even though it's really uh, you know, tied to a specific character. But considering that the episode, from a story perspective, was so focused on him, I think it kind of makes sense that the Penguin theme sort of became the uh, the theme for the entire episode. Yeah, I agree with you. He's he's the focal point, so yeah, he's gonna he should and and could dominate the music. So uh, if if that's the case, it would have been really repetitive to have the same theme played over and over and over and over again. So the fact that uh, no big surprise here, the late great Shirley Walker was able to figure out different variations of that same theme to play. Uh, of course, we also get a little bit of opera in there as well, and <laughs> himself gets to add a little bit to the soundtrack, which is great. Uh, as we get the the famed uh, sad clown Pagliacci uh, soundtrack coming over as he and Veronica sit there, so we even get some some classic opera thrown in there as well. Yeah, that's that's a nice little weird uh, aside to this, and it, again, like we said. It, Thematically, it also sets up our final act, but yeah, it's just to in the middle of it here, this uh, sort of beautiful operatic rendition of uh, of that song with the penguin singing along is a really kind of funny, cute, cute visual gag. I'm always a fan of when uh, when when the characters are singing along with the music in the episode. I think that's always pretty fun. So, yeah, overall, I think music is really really strong this week, uh, and I actually gave it an eight out of ten. Nice. I gave it the exact same score, 8 out of 10. <laughs> We're on the same page there. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to listen to these two also in, in isolation, and you can check out the different different variations of different ways that uh, you know Shirley decided to play the music for this episode, and really, really effective, really, really great. All right, Liam, Agreed. let's move on to our final category of the day, which is going to be voice acting. Uh, let's talk about our cast. I know obviously we have some returning players. We also have a couple of new cast members uh, that will eventually become uh, reoccurring players. So let's talk about our voice cast for this week. Yeah, we have our, our main uh, returning cast here. Just have uh, Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon. He's really of our usual uh, side characters. He's really the only uh, regular. As we mentioned, some of these characters will come back throughout the rest of the series. Uh, we have uh, Mary Lou Henner as uh, Veronica Vreeland, who folks might know from the show Taxi. Um, and ironically, she and the man who played Pierce, Sam McMurray, actually starred in a movie together um, about, I, be- I believe it came out about a year before this episode aired, but uh, called LA Story with uh, Steve Martin. So just randomly in this in this episode we had uh, people that had worked together before and sam mcmurray uh, i would that. like to point out sam mcmurray most famously uh played the boss uh doug heffernan's boss on king of queens ah there you go there you go <laughs> I he also, he's definitely he also played he also played chandler's boss on friends uh, as the boss that would <laughs> run behind him and smack him in the ass uh so he he's has a <laughs> has a history of playing weird bosses on different sitcoms in the 90s i was gonna say it's definitely one of those if you if you look up his name 
and you see the picture, you will go, Oh, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely one of those, uh, those, those actors Uh he's doing very much a, uh, just like your, the most over the top, like rich man, like uh, the, uh, the rich guy from Gilligan's Island type voice. Um Hello. Boo. Penguin? Is that you? It's Pierce. I've got the money. I knew I could count on your kind. Right. I'll just leave it here, and you can pick it up at your convenience. Not quite, my friend. Take exactly one step out of the booth, turn left, and start walking. How far? You'll know when you get there. Very third, you can imagine for sure. Yes, yes, and uh, it's it's very over the top, but he's it. So it's almost you're almost rooting for the penguin by the third <laughs> act. And you wish that that this wasn't a child's cartoon that had to deal with standards and practices, and the penguin could have just killed him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, but he he does a good job in being just tremendously annoying and condescending and. Uh, yeah, I like I liked Mary Lou Henner as as Veronica Breland. I think same kind of thing. She's she's very over the top and and like I said, most of her dialogue is her sort of pretending not to be disgusted by by the penguin. But then once once he saves her from the mugging, uh, she s- sort of seems to be starting to have a genuine change of heart and starting to actually appreciate him a little bit. But I was going to ask you about that. Do you think, so at the end she starts to swear, like as, as Penguin is being walked away in handcuffs and clearly is defeated at this point. And when she was up on the chandelier, she's also screaming the same thing that she had become very fond of him. Do you think mm-hmm. that that was, it was real, like from a character standpoint, obviously we don't, we don't really get a follow-up to this. We get more Veronica Vreeland later on in the series, but there's no follow-up to this. So it's clearly purely headcanon at this point, but do you think she really had a change of heart or is it just, she needed to do that in order to feel better about herself? Maybe a little bit of both. I think at first she just saw him as this grotesque criminal that she could sort of use to her advantage. But then once she spent some time with him and once he sort of, you know, put his, put himself in danger in order to save her, that maybe she began to uh, to sort of at least feel some guilt. It felt more guilt motivated than her sort of truly having learned a lesson. Um, sure. But I mean, the fact that even after she was out of danger, she still went up to him and, and sort of tried to make peace and, and he kind of blows her off. Uh, I think, uh, I think says, yeah, there was, there, she, she seemed to have some sort of genuine contrition, uh, but that may have only been brought about as a result of her life being threatened. So yeah, hard, hard to say, but it's, it is an interesting little wrinkle to that, that it seems like she's sort of souring on this plan to, strictly use him to uh, to better her her positioning in the upper echelon of, of gotham's high society so um yeah and then we we will talk about of, of course as we said not a lot of him in this episode uh kevin conroy as batman um does a does a good job like we said he, he has that that brief scene at the beginning and then when when penguin first gets out of uh out of prison and he he visits him and i i really enjoyed that scene where he's he's telling him to keep his beak clean and uh and penguin offers to feed him rat poison i thought that was a a fun little scene 
Yeah, that was a nice little back and forth with that. Uh, that certainly the scene where where Penguin saves or defends Veronica from the the would be thieves. There's a interesting interaction between the two of them there, and then certainly at the, in the at the opera house at the end, there's a there's a nice sort of bookend to the all three of their interactions. But yeah, uh, Kevin Conroy doesn't have a lot to do. In fact, I think there's probably more Bruce Wayne lines than there are Batman lines in this episode. It would seem. Um, so yeah, interesting that we get more, certainly more of, of Bruce Wayne than Batman, but, and he's not asked to do a lot, but I think what he, what he does is, is great as usual. Absolutely. And that brings us to the, uh, the man of the hour, that being Paul Williams for returning this week as the penguin. Uh, he's fantastic in this episode. Um, he's such a perfect penguin anyway, especially I think for this version of him, as we talked about this sort of he's he had like for someone who so prides himself on being this like uh you know connoisseur of crime this this you know he has such a high opinion of himself but he's so he doesn't have table manners he's he's when he's at the party he's like openly laughing about how he robbed this this (laughs) bank he's joking with the uh you know with the 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 bank manager uh asking him if he's beefed up security since he robbed it the previous year and He's just such, he seems like he's just having a, the time of his life. And as we already mentioned, his singing along with the opera. Um, we get a lot of, we get a lot of Paul Williams more than any other actor this week. And obviously he's a, he's a very talented actor in his own right. And uh, he does, I think he does a great job in this episode as well. Yeah. He really, he really does a great job of, of, like you said, towing that line where he's clearly a, he's, he's, he thinks He's more high society. He thinks he belongs with these high society people mm-hmm. uh, because of because of maybe his wealth or his status of who who he is hanging out with. But of course, he doesn't truly act like it. So it's you know, there's certainly a a odd couple type vibe there, or a you know, man <laughs> out of his element type vibe there, man trying to fit in uh, where he doesn't belong type. But usually, it's it it's the character is a little more self-aware, obviously that they don't belong there where this is sort of flipped on its head in this case, where he doesn't feel that way. He doesn't feel out of place. He doesn't feel like he should be ashamed for making these jokes and being openly uh, jocular about calling Mayor Hill hammy. So you're the president of Gotham first federal. I hope you've beefed up your security. Those time locks were easy to circumnavigate as I recall. Sir, you leave me at a loss for words. I certainly left you at a loss for funds. (laughs) Lovely dress. Prison chic. Makes her look like a gathering of cell block three. (laughs) Say, isn't that Mayor Hill? Hey, Hammy! He's beautiful. Can you imagine tomorrow's papers? There's not enough ink to print all his faux pas. (laughs) (laughs) um you know as he's walking through this this party with these high society people so uh yeah he does he has the lion's share of everything he has to he certainly has to to carry the load here and he's a he's a classically trained actor that does a great job and was perfectly cast and another great andrea romano casting choice and uh he really does a, a fantastic job here and plays the foil to to these high society types very well. 
No doubt about it. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think his interactions with Batman throughout the episode are really good. And then even that, uh, that, that sort of those last few lines where he's, uh, you know, society is to blame uh, high society, I think is just delivered again for a lot of other villains that would be kind of so over the top and so dramatic that you, but it, it totally fits this version of the penguin they, that they've laid out here of, of just there isn't there is no line as we as we talked about last week with his aviary of doom there is nothing too over the top or too camp or too dramatic for this version of the penguin he's he is an auteur and a and a and a performer at at all times and i i think that shines through in uh in paul williams uh voice performances so uh, yeah i thought i thought the voice acting was very strong this week and i gave it an eight out of ten nice uh, i gave it just a tick higher uh, for Mr. Williams' performance alone, I, you know, he had, like I said, he had the bulk of the carry to do here. Mm-hmm. I think he and Veronica have a good, good back and forth, uh, and and they have some good chemistry in their scenes together. Um, and uh, yeah, so I ended up giving it a nine out of ten. Nice. All right, Liam. So let us tally up our scores here. And tallying everything up here, I end up with a very strong 32 out of 40. What about you? And I am just a notch lower there at 31 out of 40. Okay. All right. So as we look through this episode and we talk about rewatchability, uh, where do you fall with this? I'm interested to hear hear your opinion on this. (laughs) So it's funny. um, For me personally, I feel like I saw this episode a lot uh, growing up. I believe we had it on uh, possibly multiple VHS tapes, both <laughs> aped off of Fox Kids, and I believe it was on one of the uh, the second set of uh, Warner Home Video releases for the Adventures of Batman and Robin. They did a Penguin tape. This was on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I just feel like I've seen this so many times that I don't. This was not, not like this doesn't rank very highly on my list. That being said, looking at it critically, I think I definitely came to a new appreciation for it that i didn't have before sure um because i think maybe when maybe when you're younger you you're just noticing wow there's no batman in this episode and they you know the fights aren't you know as exciting or the stakes don't seem as high but uh, i i do appreciate it and i i think because of the uniqueness of it and because we really don't get any other episodes that really delve into this character despite him appearing you know dozens of times across various uh you know batman the animated series new batman adventures uh superman and even uh later on in one of the directed dvd movies so it's it's interesting i think this is i would give this one thumb up for rewatchability it's not super consequential but obviously it does also introduce a character in veronica that comes back and is kind of part of bruce wayne's social circle not that she's the most important character, but I, I, I think I, I, I think I would say coming into this episode, I didn't think I'd be recommending a rewatch, mm-hmm. but now, now I will say, yeah, I think again, it's not the most important episode in the series or anything, but just for the uniqueness of it, I think it, it's, it's worthy of a rewatch. Okay, uh, I we don't break out the disagreement alarm for this part, but I'm gonna I'll slightly disagree with you. I will say that if you are watching, if you want to watch a good like layered Batman episode that you know a psychological psychologically deep episode, okay, this is one one you can put on, and that's that's a, one that you can put on the list. Like I said, it kind of goes in that category. Uh, certainly not 
ranked as high as, but in the same category as a two face or a feet of clay, or, you know, one of those where it's, it's more than just a Batman has to solve a crime caper. Uh, It's far more layered than that. It's far more in depth. It has its own commentary about, you know, about criminal, criminal justice reform and how, how people that have gone through the criminal justice system come out the other side. It has some classism, certainly the idea of, you know, the advantage that, that people in higher society have and the way that they may, may or may not perceive those uh, on the outside of their, their circle and how their lives are cushioned in the way that they think of things and the way that they perceive other people. And, uh, certainly other human lives. So yeah, if you want to, if you're going to watch an episode that's deeper than just Batman stops the Joker from robbing a bank. Yeah. This is one that I would put on that list. However, because it doesn't really get much follow-up, the penguin is sort of treated therefore after this as just another criminal, at least until we get to the new Batman adventures. It's, it's really inconsequential. It's a nice story. I really like it. But I, I don't think it's pivotal to, to watching if you're watching through the whole series. I think that's fair enough. All right, Liam, we'll begin to wrap things up for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Don't forget, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, our social media pages, at DCAU Review, for clips for upcoming episodes, discussing what episodes we'll be reviewing in the future. Certainly other great stuff throughout the week that we keep you engaged with. So don't forget to follow us on there. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, radio whatever other podcast app you listen to uh, if your podcast app like apple Podcasts, allows you to leave a review please do that we would love uh, for you to do that it helps people uh, other people get their ears on the podcast as well don't forget to check out dcaureview.com also for the entire archive of every episode to date including bonus episodes you can also check out our store there uh, grab yourself a t-shirt or a hat we don't sell ads on these podcasts because we don't like ads on podcasts So if you want to support the podcast, pick up a shirt from us. And Liam, speaking of next week's episode or future episodes, let us talk about what episode we'll be covering next week. That's right. And uh, we are, of course, sticking with Batman for the rest of the month. Uh, And we will be picking up with the very next episode in the production order, a very, very memorable episode, that being what is reality that's right it's the return of the riddler and it's gonna get real trippy next week folks (laughs) uh this is another one we had on videotape a lot watched a lot of times so uh one that i'm familiar with but i'm excited to look uh, watch watch again with a more critical eye with you liam uh yeah um cal maybe don't look up who the animation company is oh no All right. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. All right. We'll talk about it next week. But until next week, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye. We're going to get I Hate Acom shirts. (laughs) 